so you're growing at 200% year on year right? so yeah. just help me understand right just from a top of funnel perspective where you finding all of these you know potential leads right what's been working for you in your industry um we're just cold calling all day and so we have we have called uh, a team of SDRs that that have basically been doing cold calling in the past year uh, but before that, I did all the cold calling myself. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the B2B SaaS podcast. I'm your host, Upendra Varma. Today, we have Robert Kirstuik with us. Uh, yeah. Hey, Robert. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. All right, Robert. Thank so let's, let's get started and let's try to understand what your company does and why customers pay you money. Yeah, sure. So we're, we're an e-commerce and fulfillment platform made for food distributors and food wholesalers. Got yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And just... just uh, just talk a bit more about it, right? About your product, yeah. right? Just what you can do is just pick one of your customers and just uh, perhaps an ideal customer of yours and just uh, help us understand how exactly you solve their problems. Yeah, definitely. So uh, our typical customer, you know, is a food distributor or a food wholesaler that might be doing between, say, 10 and $100 million a year in revenue. <laughs> and uh, usually food distributors that are about that size they uh, typically have their own team of sales reps that are uh, really feet on the street. So their sales reps are uh, going out into the market and trying to sell uh, the food wholesalers or food distributors product to restaurants, grocery stores, um, and retailers. Um, so really what, what those reps are trying to do is, is drive revenue, but they're, they're a little bit more unique in that uh, the way that they operate is they're typically maintaining most of their sales. So most of their sales come from accounts that they've been working with for uh, years and years, and uh, they don't really have much bandwidth to increase their sales volume. And uh, that's because they're taking orders, you know, often at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. when the service of the restaurant will finish. And uh, then they have to wake up again, you know, at 4 or 5 a.m., uh, you know, in order to make sure that all the orders are being entered properly at the production line, uh, you know, at the food distributor's warehouse. Mm -hmm. So uh, what that leads to is really a, a lack of ability to drive revenue in the later half of the day um, because they, they've already been up for, for so long uh, working the business otherwise. So um, what our software does is we uh, basically embed directly into the food distributor's operation. So that way... Uh, the sales rep, instead of taking orders at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. by phone call, voicemail, or text, um, they can actually uh, get that input directly in Freshline, um, which really acts as an API layer that lives on top of the ERP for the wholesaler or food distributor. And um, so we interface directly with that ERP. We know all the business rules. And that really allows us to ingest that order without the sales rep needing to intervene. And as a result, the amount of time that they're spending maintaining their existing accounts dramatically goes down. And uh, what we find is we're able to often increase by 50 to 100% the number of accounts that a sales rep can handle. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? So yeah, I want to understand about your customer base here, right? So like how many paying customers do you have on your platform as of today? Uh, yeah, we're about 100. 100. Yeah. And how big these deals are, right? How much do they pay you on an average, right? Yeah, so it depends. Um, so we have we have three different pricing plans. So uh, one is four hundred a month per warehouse. Uh, another one is eight hundred a month per warehouse, and then our third and final is twelve hundred a month per warehouse. And, and uh, typically, how many warehouses do your customer have? I'm just looking at average numbers. Right? I want to get a sense of how big these deals are so that I could understand your sales motion and all of it. Is it thousand yeah. dollars a year? Is it ten thousand dollars? Is it a hundred thousand dollar deal? 
What's what's that you know sweet spot that you typically have? Yeah, so fin distributors vary quite a bit. Um, so we have some customers that only have one, right? Uh, we have a good number that do, um, but we also have some customers that are you know over twenty five warehouses. Um, so uh, that there's a really big range in there, um, and uh, you know at, at our lowest tier, the you know the smaller distributors that we work with, um, you know paying four hundred a month per warehouse, they usually only have one. Uh, but once you get up to that twelve hundred a month plan, uh, that's where a lot of our enterprise deals live. Got it. Right. And what's the biggest deal that you have? Like, is it fifty thousand dollars? Is it hundred thousand dollars? I mean, uh, you don't have to mention the specifics. I just want to understand, right? So that when I could understand your GTM motion better. Yeah, totally. Uh, the the biggest deal is really a six figure uh, deal. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that that's all I'm looking for. Right. So, uh, like, how are you growing? Right. Twelve months before, where were you? Like, how many customers did you had? You know, on your platform. Yeah, t- 12 months ago, you know, we were uh, a lot smaller than we are right now. That's for sure. Um, like we've, uh, you know, over the last year, we've grown uh, over 200%. Um, we're planning on doing that again, um, you know, or, or more this year. And um, yeah, I, I think in terms of in terms of how we've kind of gotten to where we are, like, for the most part, it's been through bootstrapping and getting really creative. Yeah, I, I'll come. I'll come back to your story in a bit. I really want to deep dive into it, right? So I just want to understand your, you know, past twelve months journey, right? Growth journey that you mentioned, right? So you're growing at two hundred percent year on year. Right? So yeah. just help me understand, right? Just from a top of funnel perspective, where you finding all of these, you know, potential leads, right? What's been working for you in your industry? Yeah, um, so we have pretty big mix. We have um, uh, contractors that we work with that script the web uh, in a variety of different ways. Uh, but we, you know, we also uh, use things that are simple, like Google, right? And um, we're just cold calling all day. And so we have we have cold uh, a team of SDRs that that have basically been doing cold calling in the past year. Uh, but before that, I did all the cold calling myself. Mm-hmm. And um, really, until about uh, four and a half months ago, I I was doing all of the uh, sales deals myself. So uh, just recently, we brought on our first account executive. But mm-hmm. um, before then, I was doing all the demos, all the closing, um, as well as all the all onboarding. I was that's, the only full-time business person on the team. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome, right? So so just help me quantify this. I know it's it's going to be a bit harder and tricky, but I just want to get a sense of how it's working for you, right? For example, in the past 12 months, maybe let's say you've got 30, 30 40 new customers, right? Let's just say that, right? So... Like, where did they discover you? Is it just prim- primarily cold calls? Is it, you know, maybe cold emails? Like, what's that one thing that's really been working for you, right? And maybe you can quantify it, like 50, 60% coming from that one channel. What's that channel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we actually have, we actually have 25% of all of our inbound coming from SEO. Um, okay. And uh, the remainder is all from cold calling. Okay. Um, Interesting. And when you say SEO, is that is it your you know blog articles that you've written over over years? Is that what's working? Uh you know the blog helps, but it, that that's more long tail SEO. I think that's really been helping us. I I think the the short term stuff has been mainly changes to our website and um, making sure that we're popping up on the right keywords. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we've, we've done a lot of work on that, and uh, that actually surprisingly has been a, a huge driver. Um, for us, and it's not even blog. It's just making sure that our website is properly um, updated to the latest standards. Like, wh- yeah. Why does it work for you well? Like, are, aren't there enough competitors? Well, you know, who, who must just be you know doing all of these things? I mean, it's pretty hard to rank your own website for such keywords. I didn't. If you pick any yeah, market, yeah. it's going to be very t- tricky. Like, wh- why is right. it working for you? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we're not we're not going after the big keywords, right? Like like e-commerce for business, right? We we never focus on that, but we are focused on a very particular niche, um, you know, food and in particular food distribution. Um, and and I think when you start looking for that kind of uh, company that that's offering e-commerce in that in that realm, um, you know, we're we're consistently up there. Got it. Just talk about the cold calling, which is responsible for most of your you know new growth, right? So like, what's your process? How does it work for you, like? So in this digital age, right? I mean, cold calling, I mean, it's an age old thing, right? But like, what's, how does it even work? Like, where do you pick your numbers? Like, what do you do? Just walk us through that process because it's, it's an interesting journey. Yeah. Well, there, there's a number of different ways, right? So we have, there, there are associations out there that you can get numbers from, but you can also get them straight from Google, right? Uh, like I was saying before, so I mean, we, um, we're, we're able to just, you know, look up in a, in a given geography where, you know, these wholesalers and distributors operate. And typically, they're all kind of clustered in the same part of the city, you know, usually the industrial part of the city where warehousing rents is a little bit cheaper. And um, yeah, we just, you know, call up uh, either the general number um, or if we're able to get a better number, then then we'll call through that number too. And then how, how does the reply rates or conversion rates work here? Right? So when you pick a call and when you just call somebody, you just start pitching your product right away. I mean, what happens after that? I mean, do they really care about your pitch, right? What really happens? Like, do you do any sort of maybe research about them like what's what just talk about the strategy that you exactly use to sort of get these deals done yeah i mean we pre pre-qualify as much as we can so we go we go on their website we find out key bits of information try to find the right person to talk to um and you know i, I think in terms of the call itself you know we're able to uh, once we're able to point in the right direction i i think we can we can kind of level set with our pitch in terms of who we're trying to talk to and why um the the biggest problem in, in our industry, I think, is the gatekeeper. Um, usually there's a, you know, a front desk, you know, employee um, whose, you know, sole job on the phone uh, is to hang up on people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, we're, if we can't get past them, then we're... we're so we're do you really to... pitch on your first cold call itself or, or your first call is just about getting to know each other or like what happens on that first phone call? Yeah, we, we pitch on the first phone call. Um, okay. I think we, we try to do it to gain trust, you know, want to be honest about why we're calling straightforward. And, uh, you know, that often does lead to uh, a bit of hangups. But, um, you know, at the same time, when we call back again and again, they're less and less screwed every time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can find yourself, you know, in our industry calling, um, you know, between eight and 16 times. And, uh, that, that might be the number of times that you need to call in order to get to a demo. You call the same person eight to 16 times. Yeah. And, and, and like, okay, that, that sounds a bit annoying to me. Like, would you call me eight to 16 times if I just don't pick up your call? Is that what you're saying? Or, well, yeah, not in a row, obviously. Right. But we're, we're talking about over, uh, you know, extended period of time, we might be looking at three, four months. Oh, okay, um, okay. But th that, that's once they express interest and all, right? Um, it might be, or, or maybe we're just not able to get past the gatekeeper. We just keep oh. calling the gatekeeper and, um, you know, eventually they, they become kind, uh, usually, uh, because there's, they know that there's a human on the other end and, and we're earnestly trying to get in touch, but, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I think we try to, we try to scope out our sales development reps to make sure that they are kind of the, the kind of people that try to take that more human approach. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean. It can go the other way. For so you, can, right? can you put a number on this? Like for, for every hundred calls or hundred prospects that you try to reach out with cold calling, right? So how many of them do really sort of take it forward from that first call? Well, I mean, what I can tell you is, um, you know, for every hundred dials that we make, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're usually able to book 
uh, you know, two to three demos. Okay. So that's, that's really a lot of hard work that you do. Yeah. 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 Got it. Right. So that's, that's pretty amazing. Right. So now what happens after that cold calling, right? Once somebody expresses interest, right? talk about your sales cycle. I mean, I'm assuming you're the one who's been closing all of these deals all these years. Right. So what happens in a sales cycle for you, right? How much time does it take? You know, how do you overcome their, you know, whatever problems that they have? Like, just talk about the process. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess in terms of our background, so we, we actually ran a different company up until the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was under the same corporation. Um, and so we actually just really released the most recent version of our software about uh, a year and a half to two years ago, depending on where your, where your market is. So um, we were kind of starting from zero about two years ago. Um, and so until about four and a half months ago, I was the only, the only sales rep. And so I, I think, uh, now thankfully we have a, a fantastic team member there that that's been, been, uh, really, uh, incredible. I, I think in terms of a, a hire and, and, uh, we've been able to, to really maintain that momentum without me being there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, when it was only me, uh, I think what I was doing was I was, you know. Uh, probably doing two to three demos before a close. Um, and, uh, you know, we were getting about a 33% conversion rate uh, from those demos. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would just take as many demos as I possibly could while also doing the onboarding and the customer support. And so um, I think I kind of reached my my cap at about 20 demos in a week. Um, and I, at that point, I just knew I couldn't handle the the volume. And uh, I had to ratchet it back down um, until I built up sales a little bit more, and then and then we could have hired the. Um, and then, how much time did it typically take to sort of close a deal? Like, how how long was that sales cycle? Yeah, you know, three to five months. Three yeah. to five months, and you mentioned like those 18, 15, 20 conversations that you have with them back and forth to sort of close the deal. Well, yeah, well, that that's that's before booking the demo, and then the actual number okay. of follow ups uh, post demo was probably another twelve. Uh, 12 touch points. Okay. All right. That's, that's pretty interesting. All right. So yeah, this talk about the backstory. Right? So you mentioned you just, you know, launched your product a couple of years ago, right? So how did you get your first couple of customers? I mean, yeah, so we, we were a seafood marketplace before we, we basically were kind of a technology enabled seafood distributor. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we, we ran the business for, uh, really about, about four years that way and, and build that business up to about 4 million a year in revenue. Um, how much was that? Can you repeat? Four million a year in revenue. Okay. Uh, in, in previous business, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so it's the same corporation. But when the pandemic hit, um, we were delivering primarily only to high end restaurants, and so we what we ended up doing was taking a lot of our tech and uh, repurposing it, rejigging it in, in a sense. And our first customers were actually our former competitors, um, uh, and so we, you know, fun conversation to have. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we kind of grew the company from there, but we had known these people in these companies for a while, uh, in the previous business. And, and so we had their contact, uh, and, you know, I, you know, maybe their opinion of us might not have been, uh, as happy about it, but, uh, you know, I think when we kind of came to them with the proposition that we did, um, with Freshline and, and kind of them using the tech that we had been using to compete, they, they were, they were interested and we were able to, to get a handful of deals that way. Got it. And did you hit seven figure revenue like as of today with this new company, or is it something um, that you're aiming for? I think I think we will by by uh, the end of this year. Got it. 
All right. So, and just talk about your team, right? So how many folks in your team as of today? Yeah. So uh, right now we're six people. Six. And I guess you you mentioned it's you and then you've got one sales rep and what, what about the rest of the folks? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, one person solely focused on onboarding and uh, a bit of customer support and then uh, uh, three software developers. And did you, so you, you mentioned something called you bootstrapped this, right? So is that true? Like, did you, didn't you raise any external funding so far? Yeah. So we had raised, uh, in the previous business, uh, about $2 million, uh, dollar seed round. Um, but you know, what we, what we landed on when, uh, when that, when the pandemic hit is we, we already used a good portion of that because we had, uh, been planning on raising a series A at the end of 2020 and so. What we ended up doing was when, when we got to say 20, the beginning of 2021, um, we were effectively, you know, running on fumes. And, um, so we, we got really creative, um, you know, the government of Canada had some great, uh, programs as well that we were able to benefit from. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we, we've effectively got to a point where, you know, we've been able to, to hold the business together with, with. Uh, effectively bootstrapping uh, from where we were at the beginning of 2021. And then what's um, what's the vision here? Like, where do you see, how do you see yourself growing in the next five years? Like, wh- what's what's the vision? What, what do you want to do with this company? Yeah, you know, we want to build a long-term sustainable business. And and I should mention, you know, we did we did raise a, a small amount of, of funds um, in 2022. Um, but uh, that was really just from our existing cap table and there's the low... Uh, six figures in terms of the amount that we raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, we're really effectively bootstraps. Um, yeah, I would call it probably 80, 80% bootstrap right. in terms of the amount. That, that, that's still pretty amazing, right? So, and like, like, so what's the vision here? What are you, what are you looking at building here? Like... Yeah, I mean, I, I think long-term, what we want to build is a long-term sustainable company. And, uh, you know, we're based out of Canada. Uh, we have a, you know, a great team that we want to continue building out of here. And, uh, yeah, I think scaling that up, you know, using profits and, and, uh, so you don't want to raise any external funding going forward. You just want to scale slowly with your profits. Is that the vision here? That's our focus right now. Yeah. And I, I think, um, yeah, we'd like to see how far we can take that. Yeah. And what would you do with it in, let's say three or four years, if you managed to do that, let's say you grown to five or $10 million, right? So what will happen after that? You want to, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It depends. You know, I think, um. We we do have that cap table from the 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 round of the previous business, and we we kept everyone over on the cap table. So um, that's probably a conversation we need to have with that investor base, and uh, you know, and, and just kind of with ourselves too. You know, as as co-founders, you know, I think you know my co-founder and I we need to figure that out. Yeah. All right, Robert. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hope you scale Freshline to much much greater heights. Thank you. Yeah, really appreciate your time.